0: Welcome to 908 ENT, the podcast. I'm your host, Sal Liberato. We're here to help you take another step towards success. Now let's get ready to learn the basics from the best. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning back into another episode. Today, our special guest is Kate Martino. Kate, thank you for coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me, Sal.
0: You got it. Kate is a licensed professional counselor and the owner of Martino Mindset. She also is an active member of the Newton Sports Psychology Team, where she works with competitive athletes in the Pennsylvania area. But you know, this is all public info. Anybody can Google you or Google your practice. What would you really like our listeners to know about you?
1: I think you gave them a pretty good background. Also that, you know, I currently just started my private practice Martino mindset in June, which is located right in Chatham, New Jersey. And my background is in sports performance, but also mental health. So My background as an athlete myself, playing three sports at Summit High School, which is where I met you, um, Mm -hmm. really helped me in this field. So I think having that sport background is important to who I am.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I love the name, too, Martino Mindset.
1: Thank you. My dad came up with it. I give him credit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely good. So just to start off the show, I like to ask everybody, what are the three simplest things that lead to success?
1: So in my work, I've had the opportunity to work with some very successful people. Um it depends on how we define success, but in general, I think the th- the three main things I see that make someone um very successful are consistent effort, meaningful relationships and self-belief. And I say consistent effort because there needs to be a persistence in what someone is doing and having a goal in mind for what they're working towards. Meaningful relationships is what kind of keeps us alive and keeps us connected to people. And then self-belief is something that I think is just so key. Um, if you don't know yourself and believe in your abilities, you're not going to be able to go very far. And as an athlete, there's always going to be coaches, teammates, opponents that doubt you. But if you have a consistent self-belief, you'll make it pretty far.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like the last one. It definitely like applies to everything, whether that is sports, like you said, business, just kind of anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a strong believer in that.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So you touched on it a little bit, but can you share a moment or experience that inspired you to pursue your career?
1: Yeah. So when I was a junior at Summit High School, I was getting recruited to play division one lacrosse in college. And I was between a couple of schools. Funny enough, lacrosse was probably my least favorite sport of the three that I played. Um, But I continued to pursue it because the opportunities were there. And I ended up committing to play lacrosse at the University of North Carolina. My freshman year was a a big struggle for me personally, um, being far from home, the competition. Mm -hmm. And that kind of shaped my life, my career, because that year we won the national championship, which you would think on the outside looking in is the greatest moment for any athlete. And for me personally, I was probably at an all time low mentally and emotionally, Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't wait to come home. And so for me, it was, why do I feel like this? I should be happy. I'm not happy here. I made a decision to leave and ended up transferring to Holy Cross in Massachusetts and kept playing. And there was a moment there where I took a sports psychology course at holy cross with this great professor and for the first time i realized oh wow like i can combine learning about the mind and how people operate with something i love which is sport and so that class kind of shaped my thought of what i could do and how i could help people from that point forward so i'm grateful for that class it was an elective i somehow happened to get in and oh wow um, the teacher was like an ex-football coach and just like an all-around great, great professor. So that helped a lot.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So can you share a valuable lesson that you've learned from, whether that was kind of your time at UNC kind of leaving or just kind of building the business now?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons in life and I learned a few throughout college. I dealt with the transfer process. Um mm-hmm. Mental health issues. I sought out my own therapy at the time. Um, I also dealt with a pretty bad concussion that ended my career uh, playing lacrosse. So wow. I felt like those things were all lessons within the the pain. Mm-hmm. And if you approach life in a way where each obstacle you face is going to teach you something, it might be suffering temporarily, mm-hmm. but learning that it's it's going to show you who you are. And it's going to teach you something. So I try to approach everything that way as an opportunity, the same way I started my business. Um, I was working at the same private practice for five plus years. And I finally said, you know what, I I can handle this. I can do this on my own. So the valuable lesson was chase the opportunities that you want. And despite the struggle, there's going to be something that it teaches you.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's great. And then, like, even something you said, just, like, learning from everything. I feel like if people try to frame stuff as, like, a failure and, like, they didn't make it, that's kind of where they've run into trouble. So, you're just saying just, you know, you learn from it, keep going, and then, like, what's next, kind of.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any, like, favorite quote, motto, mantra that you use, kind of, you personally or anybody you work with, kind of, for your practice, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So, one this is more personal, I guess. Something was in my senior quote in high school too. It was, I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. And I do believe in luck, but I also mm-hmm. believe in hard work and work ethic. Yeah. And I feel like people that um, really work hard towards something that they want end up having better luck achieving it.
0: Yeah. And
1: I have a, I always think of this one client I had, and he used to just, tell me every week I meet with them. He was like, I'm just the most unlucky guy. Like I have such bad luck. I can never get yeah. this. I could never get that. And my goal was to try to help him see his role in it, mm-hmm. how he was contributing to the bad luck and, and not putting himself in a situation to succeed. Yeah. Um, because it's all about how you frame it and see yourself. So I do believe in luck. I believe in work ethic too. And preparation is so key to achieving great things.
0: Yeah. That's like a huge thing in sports though. Even like you hear growing up and everything, like the harder you work, the luckier you get. Like a lot of coaches, like, you know, try to say that. Right. Right. Which is good. And that kind of like segues into the next question. I'm sure, I guess I know the answer already from what you've been saying, but it's a this or that question. So does hard work beat talent or does talent beat hard work?
1: Yeah. So, and I'll use my professional experience working with athletes, ages 10 to uh, like 28, mm-hmm. right? So, from the youth athlete all the way to professional, I think in youth sports, hard work definitely beats talent mm-hmm. because any coach wants the hardworking kid who has good character and is putting in the work before the kid that is just talented. Yeah. Um, at the professional level, you need a little bit of both. I think mm-hmm. you don't get to that point unless you're physically built a certain way or genetically have some sort of talent, right? So I don't want to discount that. Mm-hmm. The combination is the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. having that talented kid that also puts in the work. Um, but there's, I think, a, high, a good high school athlete could be built alone on work ethic mm-hmm. and drive and being really aggressive on the field. Um, so I would say overall, hard work beats talent.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is technically like a saying to it. It's hard work beats talent when, you know, talent doesn't work hard, but I left off the end just to kind of leave it open-ended to see what people say. Cause like, there's no one answer. Okay.
1: No, I like these. This is why I'm, it was challenging to think about each one of them.
0: Well, there's like no one set answer technically. Like you could, there's been a different answer almost every time on every show, but that one, honestly, everybody does say hard work beats talent. That's just kind of what they believe. Yeah. So then like moving on, I guess like this is definitely like in your background as well too, but like what's the best way to overcome an obstacle or setback?
1: I think I've learned this through time in my profession and basically teaching athletes how to overcome them, right? So in my opinion, the best athletes are not the ones that are perfect. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that literally learn how to deal with the setbacks effectively and bounce back a little bit quicker than the rest. Because
0: mm-hmm. um, well, they're bound to happen, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's so many mistakes that happen in a game, but at certain athletes hold on to those mistakes and they let it dictate their play. Mm-hmm. Others learn how to just let it go and keep moving. And that's kind of the role that I play is to help them, one, anticipate that the obstacles are going to happen and two, have a plan for them. Mm-hmm. So. There's a very simple tool I use. It's the ABC model, I call it. So there's adversity at the top, your belief around the adversity, and then the consequence of that belief. And simple adversity you might face um, in a basketball game. Let's say you miss three shots in a row, right? Your belief could be, I'm off today, I'm not going to shoot again. You know, and the consequence is then you shut down and you're not a productive player. But if you can learn to change that belief to, okay, next shot's going in, that consequence could look totally different mm-hmm. and and your body language could look different as a player and as a teammate. So that's where I really work in is change the belief, you change the behavior and quickly move on from those mistakes. So obstacles are bound to happen. I think they're a part of life. They're a part of sports, which is why people love sports because mm-hmm. it is so much like life. So I just hope that the athletes I work with specifically learn how to bounce back a little quicker.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of ties into what you were saying about the, um, the harder you work, the luck comes along with it. So like believing that you still have that luck there, I feel like it ties right into kind of what you were saying.
1: Yeah. Trusting that you've put in the work, you're prepared mm-hmm. and just letting it play out how it's supposed to.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So we have another, this or that question. What's more important, passion or motivation?
1: Okay. So I thought about this one a lot. (laughs) I was, I was practicing on my fiance and I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw him for a loop here. (laughs) I think discipline is more important than both of those. Awesome. So, Passion and motivation wave at times, right? So they're not always consistent. There might be something we love, but there's days where you don't want to go to practice. Mm
0: -hmm. There's days
1: when you don't want to go to work, you're not feeling passionate about it. But if you have a sense of discipline around what you're doing, you're going to show up and you're going to get the job done. And to me, that's more important than any of those things because they fluctuate so much.
0: Mm -hmm. 100%. See, yeah, there's, there's no one set answer. That's awesome. Yeah. That's definitely good. I feel like definitely having the discipline over those, like you said, because the motivation, like people talked about it before on here, like you could watch a YouTube video, you could listen to some song, get like hyped up and like be ready to go. But like, that doesn't like last forever. So it kind of goes back to what you were saying, like to have that like discipline, like kind of instilled in you.
1: Yeah. And I think motivation too, people don't understand that you can, when you're not feeling it, you can build it. So Mm -hmm. there's three different aspects of motivation. There's um, autonomy. So having a sense of choice over what you do, competence, feeling like you're good at this, you're working at it. And then also feeling socially connected to people. So that's why I always say if someone says, oh, I don't feel like working out today, I'll suggest grab a partner and do it together, right? You're more likely to do it if you're with mm-hmm. somebody and they keep you accountable. So um motivation can be built, It's but it relies a lot on discipline to get the job done.
0: Yeah, that's definitely great insight. So like what? That's like the internal motivation versus the external motivation? Is that like kind of the same thing?
1: Oh, so internal Obviously outweighs external internal Mm -hmm. would be, yeah, your love of the game, um, and feeling like you're competent and working towards it. And then the external would be that social connection being around people. I don't know. Some people get paid for what they do now with NIL money, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. an external motivation for a college athlete. So the internal always outweighs the external, um, in the long run, Mm -hmm. but both can motivate somebody.
0: Yeah, that's great. So then like, how would, how do you think, you know, going back to you being an elite athlete, like, how do you think being at that level has helped you like now be able to help these athletes, number one, and like number two, like kind of run your own business?
1: Yeah, I think as an athlete myself, I always felt like one of my greatest strengths was my vision and my ability to observe the field. Mm -hmm. Um, In lacrosse, I sometimes played behind the net at X. So you have to see the entire offense and look for the open cutters, right? And then with basketball, it was being a point guard and really distributing the ball. And with soccer, I was in center mid. I was right in the middle of the field. Like So I had to see it or I was Mm going to miss it. And in this line of work, I also feel like that's my greatest strength is observing Mm -hmm. because every – kid that walks through and sits on the couch across from me has a different perception on life and sees it differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My job is to put myself in their shoes and try to imagine how they see the field and how they see life. So I think for me, I, I've been through my ups and downs as an athlete as an athlete. And I kind of know to a certain extent what they're going through. And I rely on some of that um, self-experience to get them to see the field a little bit better, see the big picture. Um, And most of the times, if they are feeling too much pressure, overwhelmed, it's really just, this is metaphor, but what's the next pass you have to make? What's the next step? Mm -hmm. Um, What's most important in this moment? So that's kind of the, how I relate my background to the work I do now.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And then like tying it in with like success, a lot of people do think like it's easier when they can see that it's been done before or they're talking to somebody that's walked a walk or they've done it. So I feel like that you have done that. Maybe the people that you work with do, they see that as opposed to, I'm not saying that somebody couldn't help somebody that was an athlete, but you being an elite athlete definitely helps because they they can see that like, oh, okay, it's been done before. Like I can see it now.
1: Yeah. And I think you'd be surprised too, right? I'm, We're older now, Mm -hmm. and people don't know who I was in high school or what I did, right? They might see I played Division I lacrosse, and that definitely gets them in the door sometimes Mm -hmm. to relate to that experience. But the work I do is about them, Mm -hmm. and I think there's very few athletes that care what I did. Um, I think this is my main observation in the work that I do they're not going to listen to what I have to say until they know that I care about them. So that to me is more important. I think it's putting that person first and if they want to know about my background in any way, I, I always talk about it, but um, typically you'd be surprised. They just,
0: wow.
1: they want to do So I guess it's a little
0: different than like the coaches, right? Because people want to know like, oh, what yes. was this coach's background?
1: Yes, I would say so. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. That's good. So how do you continue to stay updated or continue to learn? Is that like any books that you do, trainings, like any different type of videos? You go to like networking things. What are you like kind of doing?
1: Yeah. So through my license as a professional counselor, we need certain number of continuing education courses per year. So that's different workshops online, um, whether they're about depression, anxiety, eating disorders is something. I work with a lot, especially in this area. So those are things online that I do. I also like to. I have this old coworker I used to work with, and we try to meet up at least once a month on like a coffee date and just go through different projects that we're working on. Um, so at some point, she'll see what I'm doing with some at high school, maybe you know, and we'll bounce mm-hmm. ideas off of each other. She helps me through it, but I do think there's so much value in listening to things, continuing to grow. It's, it's what I preach too. So having that growth mindset, if I'm mm-hmm. not, I need to walk the walk too. So I need yeah. to have that growth mindset on a daily basis as well.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So like, do you have any like books or like trainings that you would recommend? Like if there's anybody listening now that maybe is an athlete, or let's say they're trying to start a business that you would like recommend to just kind of like get that mindset, right?
1: Yeah. There's always a classic, um, Mental toughness book. It's called Mind Gym. That's Uh a good one. Um, Very simple. It puts mental skills into simpler terms. I would say. And another good one is Atomic Habits. I think.
0: Yeah, I read that. It was pretty good. You read that one. That's a good one.
1: Um, Right now makes it simple. Yeah.
0: Then, like people think.
1: I actually my one of my clients suggested i read becoming supernatural it's called oh okay and it's all about um being able to be in the present moment and not jumping to the past or the future and so i i learned from my clients too he was like you should read oh, this neat. so now we've been using some of the tools in the book within our sessions which is that's great neat. um but there's always there's always new trainings out there oh another good one and this is like um because when it comes to podcasts, and this is what I like about yours, it's like short and sweet. Mm-hmm. There's some that just ramble, but yeah. someone someone that's really good, his name is Justin Sua. He's okay. the mental performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays baseball okay. team. That's and neat. And he, he does like these daily, daily podcasts, they're like three minutes long, if that, oh, wow. on just simple tools that you can do. So that's another really good guy that I, I look up to in the field.
0: That's awesome. And then, yeah, Atomic Habits, I think like maybe like two, three people have mentioned that on here before. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely two or three. One was uh, in real estate, another is a fitness person, but okay, yeah, basically just saying that it kind of makes it way more simpler than people think it is, like to start a good habit, break a bad habit, and then like the 1% better every day thing.
1: Yeah. We tend to overcomplicate it in our head, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the um, one of the fitness person, they were talking about, like, trying to not eat, like, sweets or, like, candy. Like, the easiest thing is not to buy it because it's not going to be there. Or you, like, put it in a place that's, like, harder to get. Mm-hmm. Like, in whatever cabinet or drawer that's, like, not accessible.
1: Interesting. And I was, they oh, say, it's pretty neat. Yeah. They say that about um, when I was in grad school, one of our courses was an addictions course. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing they do with alcoholics is if they're on their drive home, they make sure they take a different route that's not going to go past the liquor store.
0: Oh, wow. You
1: know, so it's avoiding the the triggers.
0: Yeah, making it harder to do. And then like the easy, the good habits making it easier to do. Yes. Which yeah. is like really simple, but like people don't think about it like that. No. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, what's one final piece of advice you would give our listeners to help them take another step towards success?
1: Um, This is biased because I'm in the field, but I think at some point in everybody's life, they should talk to a therapist. Um, And it could be at any point, but I don't think there needs to be something that goes so, so wrong in your life for you to talk to somebody. I wish that the way people train their bodies for performance is how they would train their minds. Because we live with our brains our whole life. It's the only one we get to. And we rarely pay attention to it. So I, I wish people would use therapy and mental coaching as a way to grow their mind and develop and see it as a tool and a strength as opposed to, oh, oh, you're going to therapy like a weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, this should be normalized. It should be a way to become a better person and a better version of yourself. So that's my stance. I wish the stigma would go away a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. So thank you very much. This has been very insightful. I feel like anybody listening can definitely get a lot out of this. So thank you for coming on today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You got it. And if anybody wants to connect, feel free to reach out. And then Kate, what's the best way if anybody wants to connect with you?
1: I would say email. They could email me at katemartino30 at gmail.com. And then also on my website, martinomindset.com.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then I'll put everything in the show notes so anybody can just get it right there.
1: All right. Perfect.
0: All right. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Sal.